2: Boom! We're live with oh. potentially even coming off the Gary V episode, the biggest guest we've ever had, Agreed. and he's kind of got a big announcement—none other than uh, than Ben Johns. What's going on, Ben?
1: Hey guys, thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. No way, bigger than Gary V? I disagree. That's that's not true. I'm a yeah, big well, fan of Gary V, so I can't compare myself to that.
2: I just want to suck up to you right off the bat, so it's, so it's a good episode. Yeah, just get on his good side, like, wow, it's yeah. Ben in his
0: Tesla, by far the <laughs> greatest scenario and guest ever.
2: Well, not, not long, only is he
1: uh, on in... Real, like, I mean, if I have Case as a, as a well co-host, I'm, I'm already very happy about this.
2: <laughs> and nothing about me, loud and clear. Uh,
1: Thomas, thanks for putting real, this together. Still-
2: uh, yeah, so not only is Ben uh, in, his, in his new Tesla, but he's also got a, uh, a new shiny, shiny black and purple shirt there with a, an interesting logo on it. So, Ben, maybe you want to tell us what's going on yeah, there.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, April 1st, I am um, changing paddle sponsors, primary sponsors. I'm going from Franklin to Yola. Uh, Yola is J-O-O-L-A. It looks like Jula, but yeah, it's pronounced Yola like Yolo. Um, so Yola is a, uh, table tennis based company, biggest table tennis in the U S one of the biggest in the world, uh, originally a German company and, uh, yeah, they're getting into to pickleball and, um, and my whole deal negotiations of either renewing or going to somebody else. They were, uh, kind of a dark horse in the running and, uh, they actually just happened to have their headquarters 20 minutes from where I grew up, which is kind of a, a factor. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons and we can get into more of those, but, um, that is the announcement. I am switching paddle sponsors to Yola.
0: What?
2: Big news! Do you have to hold
1: your paddle like Cassidy now? (laughs) Finger up! (laughs) Yeah, I just top spinning. Can come off my paddle like Rob Cassidy or like a table tennis paddle. I'm gonna be really happy about it. So, either way, I think it's a good thing.
0: Oh my gosh, that's insane! Fun fact: I was actually on their team as like a non-table tennis player. But because I wanted to be associated with Hula, because I needed a table in my garage, I got the whole setup with the ball machine and the net catcher, and I was just like hammering and getting reps. Dude, <laughs> this is insane!
1: Oh, yeah, whole another world to to what people consider ping pong. Table tennis is uh, it's actually a very high tech industry. So yeah, you got your ball machines, you got your crazy good paddles with the rubbers and the seven ply cores. It's, it's some crazy stuff.
2: That's that's amazing. Ugh. That was very uh, material science engineer major of you to talk about with whatever terms you were just throwing out there. It's better, Thomas. I can go way deeper. (laughs) Let's do that. Can you talk about so I imagine you're going to have your own new signature paddle. So what's that going to be? What's the name of it? What's the technology? How's it different? Give Give us the nerdy stuff.
1: Sure, absolutely. they will just let me engineer out on you and watch your eyes glaze over. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, so, first of all, I guess it, it's definitely good to talk about kind of why I chose Yola in terms of paddle technology and um, and other reasons. And I mean, one of the biggest things is you know people don't realize that table tennis is actually a very high tech industry from like an engineering point of view. I don't view pickleball as anything very high tech. Like everyone's kind of using polypropylene, they use fiberglass or carbon fibers in the surface. Um, there's not that much high tech stuff, not that much complex stuff going on. It's pretty basic manufacturing. But uh, table tennis, they're pretty complex. So, I mean, they're using five to seven layer cores, uh, you know, in different um, materials. Like they're using multi kinds of woods, bamboo, carbon fiber, um, lots of different stuff. And then even the rubbers are super high tech. Like and what, what rubber you play makes a huge difference. And even like the oil and the glue you put on to attach your rubber makes an enormous difference. So they're doing, you know, way higher tech stuff than, than pickleball because they've been around as a sport for a lot longer. Right. Um, and I figured kind of, using that methodology, if the, the higher tech stuff is really going to have an impact on Pickleball um, technology, I think they can do some special stuff that uh, that we haven't seen before. So I'd expect to see a lot more of that. Um, and really what we're starting off with is um, I made the transfer from what I played with for many years, which is polycore fiberglass face, to a polycore with a carbon fiber face. And the reason for that for me, like my methodology behind it was no matter what company I went to, I was probably looking to do that um yola just happened to, to have a lot of reasons and they, i knew they could do it well um but the primary reasons are basically carbon fiber is stiffer so when it um when you miss hit the ball it's kind of less of a miss hit it's not necessarily a bigger sweet spot or more powerful or anything like that it's just that the disparity between the sweet spot and outside the sweet spot is less uh and that's very important to me then uh, if we want to get real technical here, Thomas, we can talk about coefficients of friction. You know, carbon fiber with, uh, with yeah. a with the ball actually grips uh, the ball a little bit more as well as because of uh, what the material, how it functions, it stays on the paddle longer. So it, it imparts a little bit more spin. So we both know that, you know, there's like the, the friction limits on um, mm-hmm. the paddle. But despite that, like even... Uh, two paddles there at the limit, one fiberglass, one carbon fiber. The carbon fiber is going to spin the ball more due to it staying on longer and the higher coefficient of friction. So, um, that's, uh, that's why I kind of chose the carbon fiber route. Um, and then they also just to increase the solidity and have injected, a uh, foam around the outside edge, which is kind of a newer thing. And uh, I think that definitely more of the miss hits as well. So their, their paddle technology is clearly already good just right out of the gate. And I'd expect we're going to see a lot more things from them that are, uh, very different from anything we've seen in the past. Cool. Uh, I'm just excited from an engineering point of, uh, point of view because I love that stuff. And they let me kind of design stuff from start to finish. And they have all these ideas that I have ideas that we can kind of put in place. Uh, so really kind of Got it.
2: Well, I found out that they're making not only they're not only coming out with like a Ben John's signature. I don't know what it's going to be called, but uh, they have what, 14 total paddles that they're coming out with. Which to yeah, me is like, kind of how can you big even big have line. that much variation?
1: Yeah. yeah, so they're doing some uh, some different dimensions, some different shapes, carbon fiber, some fiberglass, some uh, some hybrid, which I, I'm interested in. It's kind of like uh, carbon um, layers with fiberglass on the surface. So that yeah, they definitely are doing some different things right out of the gate. Uh, they definitely focus most of their efforts on mine. Um, oh, the name, by the way, I kind of like the name because uh, I gave them like a list of names I like, and they kind of they just chose one from it. But so the name is Hyperion. What do you think of that case?
0: I, that's amazing because it sounds like some sort of like mythical dragon. You
1: know, are <laughs> <laughs> close, close actually. So Hyperion is actually in Greek mythology. He was the, the Titan god of the sun. So,
0: oh, perfect. <laughs> Super yeah. random,
1: yeah, I like it.
0: I was gonna. Uh, uh, maybe sorry. I can get my signature battle just
1: be like the albatross. I want to be like the albatross. <laughs> The opposite like <laughs> appropriate. I would I would love that. We gotta we gotta have some company do that. Maybe Wilson. Except for
0: mine'll just be like you know, a paddle with sandpaper on it. And I'll just be pushing. I'll just be a defender just constantly pushing back, you know. I'll have no technology, it'll just be like, keep it in, keep
1: it in. <laughs> just make it as easy as possible for you to keep the ball in the court. <laughs> yeah. There's no technology behind this guy. Just to help me keep the ball in the court.
0: Yeah, just because I'm <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Help me keep it in
2: can we can we talk a little bit about like the evolution of the paddle even in just like the last year ben i was actually talking to your brother colin about this um at the at dreamland the other night might have been last night uh and we were just talking about like the way i mean if you just go back a year ago maybe a little over a year ago to uh the the showcase in newport everyone i remember was like the electrum is ridiculous. The things you can do with the electrum, it's like unfair. Yeah. Then, then that, then it was like, and, and for me, I actually thought that the Franklin, your paddle did that for me in a way that I, I really liked. Now everybody's talking about the carbon is, is pushing the limits in terms of spin, how you can shape the ball and how it's basically just like this unfair paddle. How do you, how do you kind of read all of that? And how do you think like your new paddle, Will stack up against that and do you think it'll push the limits as far as being able to like carve put spin on the ball and like you of of all people have that you know like hook dink where you're just like completely changing changing direction and and in my mind if you have a paddle that can help you do that even more uh the rest of the players should be a little bit scared
1: uh, yeah, no, I think you're definitely right in terms of like the technology has changed over the years. I feel like when my paddle came out, it was definitely uh, right at the top. And then when the electron came out, it was right at the top. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it's a hard kind of thing because we are in the kind of wild west of pickleball where we don't really have much like testing like other sports. Like if you right. have a park, bat in baseball, like it's going to get tested on the spot. Uh, we don't really yeah. have that in pickleball. Um, and from what I understand, and I can't say I'm 100% accurate in this because I wasn't really involved in it, but. Uh, The elections were good, yes, but there was a batch of them, like one batch at minimum, that were well over the the limit of of friction. So it's not like they were just good. They were just not legal. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then they got dialed back. Uh, they kind of figured out their production and uh, I'm sure all of them are legal now. Um, and yeah, I know it's definitely still a good paddle, but I think when that kind of whole thing happened where the people were like, this is off the charts. Good. I think that was mostly the fact <laughs> that just wasn't legal. Uh, cause it, it definitely <laughs> got it. in terms of how people are shaping the ball with that paddle. It's, it's noticeably different. Um, and Colin is, just playing with what he plays with right now versus some of the old ones. Um, and I mean, definitely with the carbon, uh, Similar thing is happening where, from what I understand, at least one batch of those are not legal, um, self-admittedly, from some some of the people that are in carbon. Uh, And I'm sure it'll happen the same way as Electrum, where they they kind of figure out their manufacturing and and dial it back. And uh, I I think they're probably already doing that. So whatever they're they're doing will probably settle right at the limit. And it's obviously a very good paddle. And I'd anticipate with YOLA. Not quite the same thing. I think they kind of have their manufacturing figured out from the start, just based on kind of what I've played with and comparing it to other paddles. It's definitely extremely good, but it's going to be
2: on the limit to begin with. It's not going to to go over. Got it. Nice. Okay. I'm going to give you a chance. Anything else you want to say, like, about the paddle? about maybe why you chose yola and and the yeah sure general, i mean or? i guess
1: I've, I've nerded out on you guys enough as far as the paddle goes just just wait to see it i think it looks super cool and i know it performs well um so i'm sure a lot of people are going to be um anxious to try it i mean i'm I'm excited to use it and uh, it's going to debut in the very next tournament uh red rock utah um but uh, i'd say one thing just about yola in general that i'm like a a thing that people don't really consider as to why I chose them is um, they are a German-based company. They have manufacturing over there, uh, another headquarters over there. They have a big presence in Asia because of table tennis. And uh, we know that, you know, how fast pickleball has expanded in the U.S. Like it's been just crazy, but it really hasn't reached other countries that much yet. Um, And I really think, in my opinion, that Asia is (laughs) a place where it could expand not just a lot, but extremely rapidly. Uh, in the next few years so i mean i, I definitely wanted to go with somebody that already kind of had a presence there and could expand there very quickly and i think they're perfectly suited to do that
0: you're gonna be like the that next thing. you'll be like the next kobe on all the billboards whenever i travel to china it's just like kobe <laughs> everywhere it's just gonna be ben just here <laughs> the idea That's
1: okay, <laughs> that was my ultimate goal i just want to be on billboards man yeah <laughs> exactly
0: well, I, I we in know. beijing and there's ben <laughs> yeah <Nope.
2: laughs> i don't think that's too far-fetched i mean i don't either yeah the way the sport is moving uh, yeah you just got to stay uh young enough for for long enough Ben. i don't know how you do that yeah Yeah. that's the tesla
0: that's what the tesla's (laughs) hyperbaric chamber just he takes naps in it between training
2: (laughs) yeah maybe a little uh tb12 tb12 method would uh do you wonder? Speaking of Um, recovery,
1: Thomas, do you have any secrets to recovery?
2: (laughs) Oh, well, I cannot believe (laughs) you asked. So glad you brought it up. (laughs) I mean, listen, you guys know that we uh, we work with FitAid, right? Yeah, I've heard. Well, as the official recovery beverage of the Dink, to celebrate this partnership, we made a pickleball drink with FitAid. That's right. We made our own pickleball drink. Let me get this up here for you. Oh my gosh. Can you see that? Look at that branding. That's amazing. Oh, and we got to do a we got to do a live test here. It's it's pickle flavored. It's oh prickly pickle pickleade. <laughs> you like that, Casey? You like that
0: name? Oh my! The let's, prickly Let's pickle. see if it
2: it lives up to the hype. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's actually fire. It's
1: but what if it, it actually tastes good,
2: right? What if you leave it? There's in- one other thing. There's one other thing. The uh, pickle sunflower seeds by, uh, what is it? Biggs fire. I don't know if I should say another brand in the middle of this ad, but yeah. oh, wow, This is unbelievable. <laughs> of
1: sunflower seeds, but.
2: Uh, All right. But, but. Uh, uh, but- <laughs> yeah.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> I would bet you're going to see this at uh, local pickleball courts here uh, soon, your, your local racket club. But if you want to order some, you can actually get some today. So you can go to drinkpickleaid.com and enter the promo code PICKLEAID at checkout for 20% off your order. And it's only for this weekend. So that's com promo code PICKLEAID, all caps, for 20% off your order until April 4th.
0: Wow. wow. Is it sweet, salty, bitter? Like,
2: where, where are we at here, flavor-wise? It's uh, a little bit salty, a little bit sweet.
1: Oh, Straight man. pickles. <laughs> I mean, I know plenty of people that, like, would drink pickle juice straight just to avoid cramping. So, if oh, that's I do. recovery yeah. recovered, that's probably what we should all be doing. We should all do it.
2: Yeah, Ben, you think you're the face of pickleball? Let me know when you have a drink. Yeah, yeah, oh. you're, you're adorable, Ben, until you've yeah. got your own pickleball. <laughs> uh, I want to be on
1: the hand.
0: What are we Look, doing? Look, cool, here? you've got a billboard in Shanghai, but listen,
1: I've right. got But I've got I pickle. A in. And a billboard.
2: <laughs> All right, that's, uh, I think that's kind of a, a good segue, though. I mean, just talking about the global growth of the game, the growth of the game in general, it's a topic we like to talk about with different people to get different perspectives but like i would say as i was just alluding to you kind of are the the face as far as players go of of pickleball so i'm sure you're having all sorts of conversations with interesting people new players and parties and individuals that are that are coming into the space with new ideas what are maybe some of the the conversations or things that you're privy to that go on beyond behind the scenes that make you super bullish on where uh pickleball is is headed
1: yeah you know i wouldn't say it's like any not not so many specific conversations come to mind of like oh wow that's so cool it's more just like such an influx of so many cool interesting people like not even necessarily the ones i meet which is like you talking to gary v recently i'm just like wow that's so cool like this guy that's super bullish on kind of modern stuff in general like he's nft big into that yeah, crypto. Right. And like he's very much future oriented uh and seeing people like that that are interested in the future also be like oh pickleball is the next big thing in terms of the future like that just makes me really uh optimistic about it because kind of visionaries like that are seeing it in terms of not just a normal sport but like a sport that um in my opinion just kind of brings a bunch of people together from really any background. Like that's the one unifying thing is if you like pickleball, it doesn't really matter what you do. Like there's no subset of of groups of people that specifically are suited to it really. It's more just like for everybody. And I think that's why people recognize that it has a long way to go just because it applies to everybody. And that's why it kind of makes it a, a, a sport of the future. It's a different kind of sport than the ones we've seen in the past in that respect. Um, I'm definitely very excited for it. I know we all say it all the time, but just internationally, obviously like if you can imagine the growth in the U S like we've seen it, it's, it's massive. It's crazy. Uh, everyone's playing it. And that compared to what it's like around the world is just so minuscule. Like you see, you barely see it. And it's like, it's not because they don't like it there. It's because they don't know about it there. And, uh, when that catches fire, I think it's going to be truly something special because it's going to hit the world. Like, uh, faster than covid did
0: <laughs> yeah it's crazy once that that those gates are open and like you're already seeing it all over the u.s and that's already spreading crazily like outside of the u.s and then once like for example like first experience of playing on like the world tour it was like wait like there's all these people from these different countries that play this sport too and they're way better than me like what's happening? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause you're playing on your, I was playing on the pro tour and I'm like, wow, you know, this is it. And then you go on the world tour and you're like, everyone plays this. This is incredible. And it's insane yeah. because there's so many different new styles and types mm-hmm. of players. Right. And you're getting so many different things that, that happen within the sport that it's so cool to see. And the growth of that is going to be really cool to watch the progression of, you know what I mean? Like it just being yeah. so what? popular here to overseas.
1: One cool thing about what you're saying there is I, I think volleyball may have been similar, but I always call pickleball like kind of an unsolved sport in terms of like the players. Like we're all just trying to figure out stuff. It's why you don't yeah. see coaches in pickleball. It's cause like everyone's still experimenting. We're all trying to like continually improve because there's no really accepted one way, right way to do things. Uh, I'd say every year we see different things happening and different shots being added, different strategies and yeah. stuff like that. And I feel like when you expand that to the whole world, like, we're kind of all caught up in this. Yes, we're all improving, but we're all a little bit similar in that we're all seeing each other a lot. Whereas, when you have other like microcosms around the world, I think they're also going to figure out a lot of cool, mm. interesting stuff. So, when you kind of like yeah. mix those, it's definitely going to put the sport ahead in terms of like how good the players are and leaps and bounds. I think. Uh, oh, sure. Also, more on the fun side, is I, I feel like international fans like, <laughs> get me more excited and they get more excited about international stars. It's That's like so more. True. Them. Like they don't have like a a close look at them. Like all the Americans when they see American players, they're just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you you live here. We see you occasionally. Yeah. Cool. yeah. For international, it's like, oh, I have international fans. That's awesome. And the international yes. fans are yeah. like, no, we've never seen you except on TV. I love this. So it's, yeah, it's really cool to to think about where that might uh that might be happening in like just a couple of years.
0: Yeah, you're gonna get the like spots where you when you go stay in Russia, you got your Moscow guy and he's gonna take you out. He's gonna have like a specific place where you always stay, then you're going to go to Norway. You're going to have like a rad little like community there. And like the hardcore fans that always see you once a year. And they're so excited. You start to get this (laughs) like really cool calendar. Yeah. And they get like, Oh, they're getting custom shirts made. And then the stands, they're just raging because they're all about having fun versus like, well, I don't know if it's cool to cheer yet. I don't know if that rally was up to par yet. You know what I mean? It's like, they're all just like, we love being here. This is amazing. (laughs) Then you're rad. You know, like that's the difference. Super hype overseas yeah they're just like so fired up to just be around the game
2: yeah it's so i cool. i honestly i love my overseas fans every time i go abroad it's like it's, uh, <laughs> they, did, they had to get like, bodyguards
1: I love
0: too. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> i yeah.
0: signed my pickling yeah. <laughs> think
2: like you run that instagram account thank you
0: <laughs> it's cool though like what you said though is similar to like when we when I went from just playing on the US tour to the pro tour uh, the world tour the, the the way that the guys played um, and the speed was different right the speed was different um, the different styles and then also the evolution of the game you were way more on top of it when you'd go on the world tour and then you'd come home and you felt like you're almost playing in slow motion you're like oh my gosh it's almost boring coming back because the mm-hmm. game was so far advanced because all those countries and federations were dumping money and time and analytics and video scouting and like all these different things you know it's like Ivan Drago when he's fighting Rocky right and Rocky's in the barn doing sit-ups that's so like us and then they're out there he's like shooting up and then he's hitting computers and you're like wait what that was like the <laughs> difference in comparison you felt like oh my gosh like every federation is dumping money and funds and and science into the game to to try to progress and push the limits and yeah. so you just be like whoa it's we're crazy going to see
1: that for sure. And just especially like even if it's not international, the amount of analytics and data and software that's gonna start going into it, I think is gonna be pretty, pretty sick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've had a coach that would just be with his computer on the beach under the pier and sit and have his computer and he'd be coding our video, our practices, so that when we were done, we would watch I'd hit, watch all my left side attacks or all my um, service uh, locations against a right-sider or service to the left-sider and you can see the similarity in pickleball okay i'm serving left side guys i want to go inside seam or i want to go hard right and have it kick and and tail out like all right what's my efficiency against this guy with that or this guy against that And i think that's mm-hmm. going to be insane all the
1: combinations and variables
0: yeah and it just it is what it's at it's so fun you're just like okay. all right we can play yeah. the numbers game and just play in the moment i've got the combo of both you know mm-hmm
2: so, Ben, are you doing anything abroad in the, in the uh, coming year? Are you anything in the works uh, where you'll yeah. actually go abroad and, and have this opportunity to uh, cultivate some fans in, in other countries? Yes
1: and no, not, not that extreme. I don't have any plans yet to have any international tournaments. I, I got an invite to Singapore and an invite to Tokyo, but I, I haven't confirmed either of those yet. Um, I will be going international to Portugal and Croatia for my company, Pickleball Getaways, but it's not really a tournament. We'll just be taking our, our clients over there. Um, so I guess we won't be really cultivating any, any plans, uh, any fans, but um, at least I'll get to go and uh, and play some pickleball somehow,
2: someway. What's the What's the date on that?
1: Uh, we're doing that June 5th through July 5th. It's three trips, two to Portugal and one to Croatia.
2: Perfect. I'm available then, so just shoot me a text and we'll get that arranged. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking you were just okay, so going to ship some some pickle aid there <laughs> during those dates that yeah, we can do that, too. We can yeah. get that arranged. Yeah. yeah, those long hours out in the sun. You need your pickle aid. <laughs> uh, on the global note, I just pointing out that, um, you know, like Tyson is going to uh, Thailand to do a tournament, I think it's the Asia open. I think it's in like a week or, or two weeks. So there are these, uh, you know, little pockets of pickleball starting to flourish. And, uh, I think, um, you know, there's little fires burning and I I think they'll start to get bigger. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully you're right. Another one that I see that seems to have traction or, or, area would be, uh, South America, Brazil in particular seems to have a lot of interest. Uh, Spain is starting to pick it up. You know, they love Padel, so there's sort right. of a natural transition there. They just love racket sports generally. So it's cool to see that it is starting to, and Australia, I would say, is the other one where I, I tend to see a lot of action, like in our analytics and people reaching out and stuff
1: yeah. like that. So, now, One thing I'd say about that is, uh, I mean, you know, if they see it in other countries and it makes them want to play, like that's one thing. But I think one big thing about the U.S. and it's starting is just old tennis courts not being used, right? Um, so just having like a lot of tennis, um, courts in your country is, is helps a lot, but also like hard courts. So the U S had a bunch of hard courts, places like right. Spain and stuff. They're mostly clay or mm. Australia, for instance, is again, mostly hard court. So just the practicality of that, I think might have a decent influence on how fast they pick it up
0: as well. We right. almost started a new show. Like, uh, remember Robin big and they were, uh, yeah. Rob Dyrdek. And then he did like oh, yeah. the he would go and build skate parks like you just go robin big style and you just go refurbish tennis courts into pickleball courts that would be, <laughs> that would be sick we're here in Porto, portugal right now you know what i mean or we're in brazil and there's you know some gnarly urban court this just looks sick just repurpose it into <laughs> yeah. like you know four pickleball courts
1: brand new model looking from yeah. this retro old rundown park
2: uh so a a couple episodes we had uh we had kyle yates on and casey and i were were basically just like drilling him about uh you know like, like what types of strategies different types of shots is he seeing as the game develops and i would say probably nobody better to talk to about that than than you i mean we were talking about in particular like that uh you know that Reaching in, we talked about your shot, your ability to kind of reach in when you're dinking in and do that very subtle, quick flick of the wrist to initiate a a speed up. I think you do that better than anybody. You also are able to kind of hit points on the body better than anybody to where that could be a winner. But usually it seems like you're probably setting yourself up for the next one. What do you look for in those moments?
1: Um, A lot of it is uh, like... Intrinsically, you kind of just get used to hitting your spots and knowing what spots are going to be awkward from which parts of the court, where people's body weight is going. When you like lag your shoulder this way, they're going to move this way, ball so should go this way. Like, there's a lot of that kind of um, just natural feel stuff for sure. Uh, but some stuff I'd say, like, I'm work- currently working on, I think we're going to see a lot more in the future, is like very specific combos. So what I call a combo is hitting it in a specific spot off of a specific shot. You know, you can do as specific as you want, but basically in such a way that it will almost always force a very similar reply to where your paddle is always going to be in a similar position based on, I hit this shot, I'm now going to be here. Probabilities are they're going to hit it within this window, and then I have an easy finish, right? Uh, That currently happens a little bit, but most of the time right now, we're just seeing players just kind of hit it and react to the next Mm -hmm. shot. Whereas I think we're going to see some some multi-part combos, and the cool thing about combos is when you start to use those, other players start to recognize that, and this kind of just comes from other sports a little bit, to where it becomes a pattern where it's just like, if I hit this combo on you, you're going to hit it here, but then when I have that, I'm going to hit it here, and that person should also know is going to go here, so... I think you're not just going to see hands battles in terms of reactions. It's just going to start to look silly fast because people are going to start to recognize patterns and combos to where it's like here, 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 and then reset. And then it's like, Oh, okay. We tried that pattern. Didn't yeah. work. We came back neutral. We kind of both duked that. It it's almost like a boxing match where there's yeah. a couple moves. Like it's, I could definitely make it akin to some, some fighting styles almost. Um, right. so I definitely think we're going to see more of that. Um, from the athleticism point, I think we're going to start to see, you know, we've seen people like Dekel kind of stretch the limits of what an Ernie can be. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to see that on the other side, too, where people start to jump, not just their own side, but their their partner side, so much like the Brian Brothers move in tennis where they're taking each other's sides all the time and they just kind of shift and switch at will. Right. Um, I think you're going to see that because you can get a lot more momentum and get like a running jump from your opposing side than the side you're on. Um, so I think you're going to see a little bit more of that. Um, coming for sure, um, and then one thing I think that's pretty basic that we haven't seen enough is obviously the advent of, of two-handed backhands, especially among the girls, has been huge. But um, I, I haven't seen like, for instance, Emily Waters. I think has the best two-handed backhand in the game right now, and I don't think there's anybody even akin to her on the guy side. And there's definitely going to be, um, probably pretty soon. Um, yeah, so it's, it's stuff like that is stuff where I think that the sport's going to look a lot more advanced very
0: quickly when it comes. Yeah, those yeah. combos, too. Do you guys, like, you're already recognizing certain patterns. Like, for us, we do the same thing, right? We we put people in specific situations, and then we have set plays, maybe two or three different set plays that look identical in this setup, right, when they're attacking us, let's say, on defense. And then we're able to run two or three different scenarios with that same setup. So, like, those right. combos, like, it's crazy how they're going to evolve, right? Like, you got your specific targets to create opportunities. And then you're going to have that same thing, but with like three separate outcomes. And so now you're just ahead of the game even more because they're, you know, they're looking at, all right, well, Ben's always going to, he's going to backhand roll me here. If I set up there because he's pushing me here. Well, then now you've got two or three other options from that scenario. And it's crazy because then the fans are like, what's happening? Why are you know? And then you're also having to give up something, right? Like for us, there's always like, okay, there's one thing we're okay giving up because that's the one out that they have. And if they find it cool, it's probably blind luck. But. Fans are like, well, why'd you give that up? And it's like, dude, we're setting up long term also because these combos in yeah. the end of the game are what's going to win. You know, yeah. that's when right. we're going to push over and we're going to win 11-9. You know it, what I mean? It's hard so, to
1: explain to a normal fan, yeah. like, this is how We did this. It's just like, God, there's just so much explanation of all this prior stuff that you don't understand in order to get you understand this one thing. Yes. Like, I can't even, I can't try. Like, it's too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure that's even more so for you guys than me because pickleball still developing towards that point, but you guys are beyond that. Uh, but I definitely expect to see stuff not just as, like, combos among a specific player, but between a team, for sure. Like, Colin and I are already doing that a little bit, and we're working on more. Um, yeah. But you might see stuff, like, right now we mostly go on feel. Like, I recognize when he's doing something in particular, and I know where to move based on that. Um, yeah. But we might see, like, play calling, for instance, even the middle of a point. That wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what's the rule on that? Are you guys allowed to chirp to each other? Like, yeah. within a rally, you're allowed to kind of chirp? and yeah, feel like like, Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah no, that's I've had like switch in the middle of a rally when I had no business switching. I mean, you can say, you know, like, attack this one or wh- whatever. Yeah, um, As long as you're not saying it during your opponent's shot aggressively, it's fine.
0: Yeah, we used to have, like, in transition, if something happens, we get a scoop or there's some sort of rally, like a crazy rally similar to pickleball. In transition, if I don't have, like, the ball's coming from over my shoulder or I'm, I'm making a ball my partner and I would say left or right, which is always the opposite of what you're hearing, right? So if I say, my left is your right. So you're thinking, but you're thinking your left when we say that. So that was always like cool things for us to say within rallies, is that left, right? And they would get confused because it was always the opposite of what we said is what they're thinking, their left as well, which was, you know what I mean? Which was actually their right. <laughs> it was crazy. So there's like all those little like nuances that would help us in throughout those rallies and little transition type moments where it was like, all right, cool. Cause I was never sure if I was allowed to like talk to my partner when those things were happening or not. Like, am I allowed to? Or is it so Tennessee where I can't say anything and then I'm screwed? Or can I be like, Ben left, left, left. And they're like left and they're going the right way. And then you hit right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I always thought that was interesting. I'm like, can I yeah. do that? Am I allowed to talk? Because like that might
1: create some new rules and pick for sure. Like uh, when people yeah. push boundaries, the new rules <laughs> get made. Right.
2: So Casey, you brought up, uh... yeah. You well you you just use the word nuance, and I think it's I think it's perfect because pickleball is such a nuanced sport, particularly when you're at the net and you're kind of playing these these different types of dinks, and you're you're kind of shifting. And yeah. to uh, a spectator or a casual fan, it's very difficult to communicate to them the complexity of what's actually happening on the court. Ben, do you have any thoughts as far as? I mean, because I think one of the struggles of pickleball right now is you know, if you really haven't played it, you might not be that interested in watching the professional game. Mm-hmm. How can we start to get people to see what's actually happening on the court and make the game just more exciting so that, uh, you know, it can continue to grow as as a spectator sport?
1: Yeah, um, I'd say you're going to get a little bit of that naturally because of how players are getting better. For instance, you know, combos are going to look very cool because it's going to make it look very a lot faster. From um, more like the production side of it, I think when it's on TV right now, it looks a little bit slow. And I think that's because most places that do the production like they haven't really figured out how to best film pickleball. And I'm no film guru or anything, but I feel like There's better ways to just like film it closer, more like on the ground level, kind of like I've seen that in tennis before, where there's certain angles where you can see the pace of the ball more. And I think that's one of the more impressive things about pickleball that you can't really see in most broadcasts that would engage fans more. So I think we got to, we kind of got to figure out how production looks most impressive. That's a big point. And then just kind of the natural evolution of um, players getting better is going to make it more interesting. And I think you always kind of get, you have to get people invested in the players, like more of the stories, you know, like formula one got a bunch of fans because of their show on yeah. Netflix. I'm not saying pickleball is ready for a show like that. Like it's formula one is all, obviously a long history and they have, you know, a ton of characters and all that, but uh, there's some stories to be told. There's more drama and there's more um, things to the sport than just the sport that would engage people.
0: That's yeah, huge. I agree with that because that's been an issue for us as well. Like, You know, the 15 year old that wins his little JO Junior Olympic type thing, you know, sees someone with a USA bag or a pro bag and, like, oh, you play too? And it's like, bro, yeah, I, you know, I play a little bit, you know, and it's, but they have, (laughs) there's a huge disconnect, right? Because the, there's no, you know, there's no character building, there's no story building, there's no, like, all, all, all along with that, too, like the amount of money that is won in a tournament is something that motivates a 12 year old future Ben Johns to want to be a Ben Johns pickleball player versus yeah, it's fun to play, but there's no real like future unless I'm the best. Well, that's really hard. If there's only one dude that really makes a ton of money, you know, like it's almost impossible. So if I, I grow up watching it on TV and the prize money check is, you know, a million dollars or a hundred grand for first, you're like, dude, there's an opportunity to go play this. This is awesome. Like I want to go do that now. You know, that's why there's such a, huge market for nba nfl and i think i talked about that maybe last time even it's like besides this character building all these things it really comes down to is it something i can make a living at being a pro like a real pro like can i do that okay cool now i want to have i want to do it and now my kids want to go do it you know what i mean like that's going to influence it long term that's going to really be the biggest change
2: yeah i think um you know when you have conversations with people outside of the sport, one of the first things they typically ask is well, how much money can you even win? Like how much, how much money is even in the sport? And you're like, well, you know, depending on the term you try and explain, but point is, I mean, it, it's not there yet. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you, if you have bigger prizes and there's more money to win, like <laughs> it just makes it seem one that much more important. Also, yeah. you want to come play it and win the money. Right. Yeah, it, It's not, uh, it's not too, too complicated. If you build
1: it, they'll come. If you build exactly, the money, they'll come. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's
0: so true. It's so true. I have a question real quick. I love how much uh, it seemed like the good side, bad side in Austin was a factor for people. And that's a huge part of what we do. It's like, you know, we're playing sometimes in 35, 40 mile an hour winds where it's just blowing out of your hand before you could even serve the ball. And it's like dangerous almost, right? And the only thing that keeps us yeah. from, from not playing is lightning or if the scaffolding in the, you know, the stadium is basically falling on us. Like that's, that's the only time they'll call it. So we're playing in like almost monsoon weather in Japan. I had to play that like three years ago, the the airport was grounded. No one could fly and we still had to go play our event. And I mean, it was, (laughs) it was insane. You're like, is this for real, like what's happening. But so many people talked about that. And the commentators did a good job of like good side, bad side, kind of the the percentage of guys winning Um, in our sport. I noticed the trajectory of the ball when we're playing at different speeds, the winds affects it more, of course, right? Um, if it's not spinning, so if it's knuckling, it affects the ball more. And then also after its apex, when the ball is actually dropping, the wind catches it more and, and moves a lot more in, my, in volleyball. Is it the same in pickleball? Are there specific strategies you use to leverage the bad side and make it more of a good side?
1: Yeah, um, for sure. It, it's definitely very interesting in that, Like, there's not, like, a hard and fast rule of always choose this side. Like, you want to start on the bad side, that's true. But, like, for instance, in Austin, the bad side was um, with the wind. And for me, more often, the bad side is against the wind, just because generally you win more hands battles when you're with the wind. But I guess it was severe enough in Austin to where it was just so hard to attack with the wind because it was too much. Like, the ball just wouldn't stay in. Um, and there's obviously strategy adaptations, um, as far as like playing with the wind, like you said, spin has a definitely an effect. Like if you hit backspin, it's just going to yeah, go everywhere because uh, it floats for too long. <laughs> um, so you definitely are trying to with more topspin drives penetrate through the wind. Like we're hitting a lot of touch shots. So any kind of drops where normally you'd be able to place it very exactly, it's going to just get thrown off slightly by wind um it only needs to a little to make that shot go from good to terrible um so obviously you're going for stuff that is more margin higher margin um we don't really use a ton of uh side spin and and side wind doesn't affect pickleball that much luckily um but i definitely expect that like even that's something that we still got to figure out on how to do it better because i feel like i'm terrible at playing in the wind (laughs) maybe i just don't do it enough but uh it's something that I still haven't really figured out. Like how how do I play best, and like what should I be doing? Right. Um, so there's a lot more to to do there. And uh, also, I feel like we haven't really figured out like the regulations because I can't believe that uh, that volleyball plays in whatever weather. Like tennis, I think the maximum for college tennis matches is easier. either uh, twenty mile per hour wins or maybe twenty five. Um, and for pickleball, obviously the ball is a lot lighter than a tennis ball, nice. um, and the mechanics of the game are different, such that I mean I'd probably stop it at like fifteen to twenty.
0: Yeah. Agree. Anytime you go out and it's around there, you're like, uh, this isn't really productive in any way. We're kind yeah, of just like this, a bunch this of clowns giggling the, the whole team. time. Yeah. We're just giggling and shagging the ball for the next 20, yeah. you know, two hours. Yeah, I know. You can do some
1: <laughs> silly stuff. I, I remember playing one tournament with Kyle and uh, there were 30 mile per hour winds directly sideways. He actually hit a, uh, a return towards another court that blew back in like at a yes. sideways <laughs> angle.
2: Yes. Yes. You like a video game. Stuff. yeah Yeah.
0: exactly that's so rad is that stadium stadium a little bit swirly I know when we play in windy events and there's like a swirl it turns in almost like this like figure 8 type wind right there's no really like specific good side bad side but there's like corners that act good sometimes and then it'll shoot and it'll come in through the other it
1: doesn't doesn't get super swirly like round and round but there's pockets where it's more windy than others yeah,
0: Yeah, it kind of creeps in through the corners of the stadium, and you're like, whoa, okay, now it's good. It picks up, and then <laughs> yeah. interesting how that works. I was curious how the but, ball
1: reacts. You guys playing in that much wind is, is really interesting because just like the amount of spin you guys put on a volleyball and how it moves through the air with how much pace it has is just pretty silly to me. Like a pickleball has a, a pretty low maximum for how fast it moves and how much action is on the ball. And volleyballs, I mean, from what I've seen, they're moving a lot, so when you add wind into that, it, like Jeez.
0: <laughs> that, I mean, that amount of wind—we've even hit like, let's say, you're hitting like a a slice backhand shot. <laughs> it would be like the same. I would—I've hit a cutty where it spun and the wind had blown it, and it landed on our side of the court, so they couldn't even touch the ball. And I was like, Dilly. wait, what? Was there a camera? That was insane. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. <laughs> Tell me, somebody got that right. It was insane, like the ungettable cut shot." <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Uh, We still need to come up with more terms like that, like cool terms in pickleball, like a cutty. Cutty, yeah. yeah, that's sick. Yeah. It just makes it sound cool.
0: Yeah, cutty, the cobra. Yeah, Bert and Ernie. Can use the, yeah. You got the Bert and Ernie. <laughs> we got the cobra. very cool. Yeah, poke it with your fingers because you're not allowed to open and tip. You have to knuckle or use your palm, but you can use the front of your fingers and like stab it almost. So we call it a, a cobra, like like a snake bite. Ow! You can do that. Yeah. And when you hit like Doesn't you guys hurt. hit your lobs, it hurts if you hit it hard, but you know, you get, you get used to it. You're just willing to like snap your finger. Uh, when we hit lobs, sometimes we call, it, we call them jumbo shrimp because they're just huge arcing shrimp. So they call them jumbo shrimp. <laughs> In Puerto Rico, they call it a pineapple because like I guess it's like a, like looks like a pineapple, uh, the, the leaf out of a pineapple. I don't know. A bunch of little goofy terms like that too. And you just yell jumbo. Like when you hit a lob, we would go. <laughs> You'd call it out as you're hitting it. You'd be like, Jumbo! And then the whole crowd would be like, <laughs> oh! And if the guy got frozen, everyone would be heckling him. But, I mean, you can handle those because you just go run down over Colin, lobs again, run down tweener, and then almost ATP. That was sick. I was like, please go in. This is going to be so rad.
1: <laughs> Gosh oh, darn it. Yeah, ben,
2: ben likes being lobbed. It's just an opportunity to do some sort of, like, crazy move. Yeah. That's it's almost point. always a tweener. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You have to, it gives you more time to get your feet there. Right. Like
2: you have to, like uh, yeah. I, I
1: got asked the question in the interview, like what's the strategy behind hitting a tweener? I was just like, well, it would sound bad to just say it looks good. So let me just make up some stuff for why I'm doing this.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> just going for the ESPN, you know, top 10 of the sports yeah. center,
1: you know, Listen, that's all I'm looking for. Always. Yeah.
2: Purely highlight reel. Well, yeah, I just want to get on ESPN
1: like Casey does. All
2: oh, I want. <laughs> so oh. I can't believe they haven't picked up some of these highlights. I just posted another one today of a match with you and, and Colin versus uh, Riley and Tyson from last year, I think, in um, San Clemente. And it's like, oh, it insane. it's the craziest point of all time. And uh, the fact that like ESPN doesn't I've had Sports Illustrated Sports Center reach out for clips and then just not use them. So I thought yeah. that. But uh, I don't know. Whoever's, with, whoever's with, behind the scenes there is making bad decisions.
1: I agree with I agree Ben though. You need like a net cam. It's up for a rainy day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You need, you need the net cam. The ref. We've had net cams, ref cams, because we have the ref just right by the pole too. And the, that visual, it's so fast because everything's so close. That's always helped with the, the viewer seeing the speed of the game. That's huge. Yeah,
1: we need more of that for sure.
2: Um, what was I going to ask you? So, oh, all right. One thing I want to ask about is playing with Anna Lee. How has that been? And are you guys ever going to lose?
1: (laughs) I certainly hope we're never going to lose. That's always the ultimate goal. Um, But uh, I feel like people are definitely going to, I mean, mostly I think people, obviously we're good together, but they have definitely struggled with what do we do against these two? Like, what's the strategy? Yeah. Um,
2: Tell them the strategy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's always some, some lag time where you, you know, you're not just figuring out your own partnership, like other people are trying to figure out uh, yeah, what right. you're doing. And both those are changing kind of at the same time. So it's difficult for everybody. Um, but honestly, she's just so cool to play with because I mean, people always you know, speak to how composed and, and good she is mentally for her age. And like, right. I, I, like, I can't echo that enough. I'm just like, in my opinion, she's probably the most mentally strong uh, girl on the tour. So she, I mean, at 15 also, it's just kind of crazy to me how, how good she is like that. And, um, she's very easy to play with, easy to communicate with, obviously extremely good. Um, so it's just been very comfortable, very quickly. Um, very good at, uh, um, strategizing and and talking things over and and adapting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I couldn't be happier. Like I thought there might have been a little bit of lag time where we struggled with some things initially, um uh, but honestly there was never really a hitch. Um she's been amazing from the start.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She I always uh, I think we we told her was like listen, Anna Lee, if you want to throw a fit on the court, you can't. Like you're <laughs> you haven't even graduated high school. Like throw your paddle, it's all good. Nobody's gonna get mad at you. But she's just <laughs> yeah. like so mature and and composed, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. So um Yeah, no, that's a that's an exciting partnership, and uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see if any anybody can can take you guys down. We'll see what happens.
0: (laughs) Suddenly, everyone's just targeting Ben. We're like, what's happening? Oh my god! (laughs) Everyone's only going at Ben. It could be the
2: play. Yeah,
0: like look, be tired. Quarterfinals. We got to get him tired. Got to go at him every ball.
1: (laughs) It's a team effort, guys. Not just within your own team, but for the whole tournament. Right.
2: What do you think of the volume of pickleball right now? We've got three different bodies putting on professional events seemingly every weekend. Do you think that the volume of pro pickleball is kind of diminishing the value of each of the individual events? Do you think it's a good thing that there's so much pro pickleball? Like how are you how are you viewing this? I'll say personally, it's tough for us to keep up with it all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, in in terms of uh, you guys keeping up, I'm I'm sure that is a problem, but I always, I keep coming back to, you know, before any organization and before even fans or anything like that, I'd say I'm for the players first. Like, I want what's best for all the players, and I think what's best for all the players is maximum options. if you can if you want to play a tournament every weekend, you can. If you want to choose these ones, you can. If it's this location, you can. Like the more options we have, the better. Like I'm just thinking, like compare it to three years ago when we barely had any options and it was just like everyone played the same tournaments and they weren't all that good. But when you have competition between all these events and you have so many options, I can't help but think it must be good for all the pros. Uh yeah. and since that's kind of my primary thing in mind, I'm like, absolutely that that's fantastic. Uh does it diminish? I'd say it's naturally going to be diluted a little bit, right? Like you're not going to get every big pro at every big, uh, every tournament or even every big tournament. Um, but I think that's just a natural course of things. Like the same thing happens with tennis. You get every good pro at the grand slams. You don't get every, every big pro at the, even the 1000 events, which are just second tier. Um, and that's just a natural course of things. If you want every pro to show up, then by definition, you kind of have a small sport, which we do not want. So, yeah, no, I'm not really concerned with that. And I think it also more long term vision, like having that many options gets more new players into the game, which will saturate every tournament a lot more. So to kind of say that it's diminishing tournaments is just a little short sighted to me. Like you're going to get a lot more players a lot more quickly when you have more options, when they're more easily able to break in and do well more quickly rather than getting beat by a bunch of the top pros at every tournament. Um, So, yeah, I I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I yeah. Would agree with that. If you got guys that
0: can never, you know, they're grind, grind. They're getting better, and then they play you first round, and they they one two barbecue. They're out in two games, and they're like, "Cool, that was a super fun event." Like we played two matches and got beat eleven two in all four sets. It's like you're not getting better, you're not getting tournament experience. But if you have the opportunity to go play in another tour and become like the guy and learn how to win on that, then when you tap into going up to the you know the Masters or the the Grand Slams like the PPA, then you're like, dude, we can kind of hold our own a little bit and feel a little bit more confident because you've learned how to yeah. win on
1: these other tours. I think it's great sure. for the I mean, same idea as really any any tour at baseball has their minor leagues, most leagues have yeah. their minor leagues, and it has futures then challengers, then five two fifty five hundred one thousand Grand Slams right,
2: right. That's how it goes. yeah, all right. all right, so we've got the number one pickleball player here in the world. And I think we're going to have some new listeners, uh, for this episode. So Ben, you are, I mean, you're constantly, not only are you playing, but you're constantly coaching, teaching, uh, amateurs of all different levels. So for for these people who might just be getting into the sport or, you know, they play casually and they're looking to elevate their game. What's like, uh, what's like one thing that's not, overtly obvious that, uh, you think most amateur players could tweak in their game and it will, it'll make the biggest difference.
1: Yeah. I'd say, uh, how they practice is going to be the number one thing for me. And I'm not going to give you the whole spiel about go drill. Don't play, like go do whatever you want that, you know, if you want to go have fun and play this game and only play games, that's fine. Uh, you can still play games and get a lot better. Uh, what I just always think of is if you want to get better in addition to having fun, it's pretty easy. And that's just to, uh, one practice with a purpose, which is like, you have to consider what you're actually doing out there. Don't just go out there and whack the ball around and not even think about what you're doing. Like you practice with something in mind that's an enormous difference. Like all your reps matter so much more when you're actually thinking about it. Uh, and beyond that, when you do do that, just do one thing at a time. We're much better at isolating and improving and getting something to like click where it like actually snaps in your head. where you are like, okay, I get it now. I know that feeling when we're doing one thing at a time. So whether you're playing or you're drilling, work on one thing, be very specific with it, um, and just try to work on that. And I promise it's going to get a lot better very quickly just because that's kind of, as humans, that's what we're naturally uh, good at is doing one thing at a time and getting better at that one thing. Um, if you need stuff, if like, if you need to be inspired by what to work on, if you don't know what to work on, just go pick a shot that you see, uh, maybe a, a professional hit and, uh, you, you think you want it. Maybe it's a little bit of a lofty goal if it's very tough, but, um, Better than nothing, right? So, so just go yeah. go watch something, mimic it.
0: Yeah, right. Compartmentalize, pick something. Like right now, I'm picking my today after this. I'm I'm going to emulate my singles version of Ben John's where he's playing Tyson in the finals and Tyson is like a roadrunner sliding around. He's like super athletic and fast. And and John and Ben is the same, but in this like very methodical, smooth. Your eye line never raises or lowers. It just stays in this like really cat-like pantherish, like <laughs> mobility, dude. It's insane to watch you kind of like, you never, you never like shift your core or twist your body where you're off balance. You're always like above your hips and able to like two, three steps this way, recover two, three steps this way, hold. And the, your ability to hold and pause before you like make a decision is like really fun to watch. And so that's my goal for today is to be very it means like a lot from a baby Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. I I think I just got rid of some ice skates. I put real shoes on, so I'm like a baby draft with shoes, so like I have a little bit of grip. <laughs> so I'm getting closer.
1: <laughs> Let's go. Come on. We're getting better. We're we're going places.
0: We're getting better. Yeah. just Better. Yeah. Get my backhand roll going. I'm dude. I'm, I'm ready. I'm getting it. Yeah. Just instead of it being like a, I was always ping pong paddling. Now I'm like letting it hold and like roll. I'm like, that's, that's it. You know, the light came on. I'm like, I call
1: it a roll. There not it
0: a is. Yeah. It's so cool. See, I love it. Perfect. So just
2: to clarify, Casey, you're a baby giraffe and Ben's a panther.
0: Yes. Thank you. I'm glad Got you it. said it. I'm glad I didn't have to say it.
2: Yeah. No, I just <laughs> want to make sure we, we have that, that part established. All that. Right. Ready yeah. for a, a new segment that I just came up with. I love it. Let's go. Beyond the baseline with Ben Johns. Ben, what do you do off the court? Like, what are your hobbies outside of pickleball? Like
1: wow, you really just—that's a tagline right there. My, my hobbies <laughs> are what I do off the court for for pickleball still.
2: What? What? Wait. What did you just say? You mean what I do off the court
1: as in terms of like off court training or like off court for fun?
2: Yeah, like you go play chess or. Yeah. Oh, no, not okay. off course, Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I, uh, I definitely like like games of any type. Uh, I still do play uh, some chess and some other sports. I'll play table tennis, tennis, golf. I really enjoy uh, most outdoor anything hiking. Uh, I do a fair amount of weightlifting, not really for pickleball, but more for, for fun. Uh, I've been doing that since I was like 14. So got, uh got pretty into it. Um, let's see. I guess I, I read a, a decent amount, um, but honestly, most of these hobbies, I just don't get a chance to do very often. I feel like pick yeah, right. a pickleball. Traveling, training, off-court training, uh, schoolwork, businesses, it, it's always something. It's very, very rarely downtime. Got it.
0: What about your cornhole game? Now that you're in Texas, barbecues, I feel like there's always a cornhole or a
1: dartboard. I haven't or... attended one barbecue. have not thrown one cornhole bag. It's very oh sad. I don't gosh. feel like a true Texan yet. Yeah, that's
0: feel like. I feel like before the next awesome event, here's the, here's the theory. Thomas and I will come out early. We'll host like a not pickleball Olympics. So it's everything but pickleball, cornhole darts, pool, ping pong. You know what I mean? And we'll just have a whole bracket. And before the event, we'll just, just compete the
1: whole time. I'm in. Done. That sounds awesome. I'm glad awesome. you brought it up, Ben. I love it. I, I know I'm we'll in. It. It. I will definitely be <laughs> in. Can we have like a barbecue eating contest too? At, yes. At the end? <laughs> yes.
0: See, let's get into it. Yeah, let's have some side content. <laughs> side bets,
1: too. Yeah, exactly. I can take Casey and Poole. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like no idea what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Holding
0: it backwards. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, dude, I remember those days. I didn't have time to do anything besides kind of like recover and just, all right, I got weights, you got, you know what I mean, meeting with nutritionists, got the whole like training, everything. is just by the end of the day, you're like, dude, I wish I had the brain capacity to do something fun. Basically just need to like recover so that I can be present tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You're just all in. And, and that's knows. what's cool. That's what we were talking about the courts. Everyone's like, you know, what's it like? What do you think Ben's doing? I'm like, I could tell you what he's doing. Like, I know for sure. Like he's lifting, he may be doing two days or he's got a, a specific, you know, like type of, like you said, combos or skill that he's working on, then he's going to go do therapy. Then he's going to, maybe there's some sort of mindset action that, you know what I mean? Like it never ends. You can just keep adding things to your plate. And, uh, right. You know, you can always you, do more. Please. Yeah. And you're not around Anna Lee, right? Is she Florida
1: or she? No, she's in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's just, so that's kind of awesome. We got a big hotspot of pro players, but generally I just drill with Colin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause you, you got to, maybe show up early to an event a couple of days early get reps in or not even worry about it you're fine it doesn't matter
1: yeah Occasionally i do that
2: so if it's a weird environment yeah interesting yeah um that's how we got i think that was a good episode big yeah, an announcement from you ben oh i'm so excited oh i know i'm gonna so they're shipping me a paddle so i'm i'm pumped to try out oh they, yeah they better they be shipping them casey a battle i was gonna, gonna say, say them, too if anyone needs one it's the baby giraffe i need the technology
0: <laughs> <laughs> give him the tech give this man the tech it, it. it actually bluetooth has got headphones right like that's the next level is it it's got headphones oh yeah so, that they bluetooth it, in, and so they when you, you swing it
1: it's just like baby giraffe you should have swung at this angle yeah. like 90 degrees different than what you were <laughs> exactly um, Ben would have done this. He'd be like,
0: dang
2: it. Oh,
0: so excited for my panel. <laughs> All
2: right, Ben. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. Good episode. We will, uh, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Thank
1: you guys. Later. See ya.
2: Later dudes.